Greetings and welcome to episode number one of Making It Happen, the IT standing for Information Technology. It is March the 3rd, 2011, and my name is Rob Graham. I'm broadcasting from my office located at Nipissing University in sunny North Bay, Ontario, Canada, and I'm a professor in the Schulich School of Education for pre-service teachers. Uh, my area of interest and uh, area of teaching is in the field of technology-enhanced learning, and uh, the purpose of this particular series of podcasts will be to explore some of the challenges facing educators at all levels in terms of uh, their successful integration of technology in their teaching. And I also think more importantly will be to uh, provide some of the pedagogy and inspiration that might be lacking in in some of the teaching environments out there today. So I want you to sit back wherever you are in the world uh, and prepare because uh, in a moment I'm going to kick off the first podcast of this series and it's entitled Teaching Screenagers. I would like to take uh, credit for that term teaching screenagers, but I can't. It actually comes from the uh, February 2011 edition of Educational Leadership. And this uh, particular journal was passed along to me by Dr. Carol Richardson, uh, uh, and I'm grateful for that because within this particular journal, there were a lot of really great articles that I connected to, uh, and I think also connected uh, very well with some of my teaching here at Nipissing University in the Schulich School of Education, uh, but also even more importantly, I think connect well with some of my experiences uh, over the many years as an educator uh, who has worked uh, in technology-enhanced learning environments. What I thought I would do for this particular podcast is just share some of the uh, maybe highlights of, of, of some of the articles. Uh, and in particular, uh, there was one article that, that caught my attention, and I believe it was the, uh, the first article in the journal, and it was a conversation with uh, Karen Cater. And uh, within that particular article, she mentions uh, uh, quite a few very important uh, ideas, I think, that uh, I think will serve well for this particular podcast and as a kickoff to this series. Uh, so I think to begin then, one of the things that I have uh, really uh, tried to share with my students and my teaching is that there seems to be a real emphasis in many schools in terms of putting the technology before the pedagogy, something that I've coined as putting the T before the P. Uh, there is a researcher, uh, Lynn, that uh, I, I had been reading. He calls the term techno-lust. And techno-lust in, in, in this particular researcher's mind uh, is a practice whereby uh, educators, administrators, teachers are basically buying technology, bringing technology into learning environments without doing kind of the pedagogical explorations and taking the time to ask the very important question about why should we be using this and and more important in my mind is how can this technology lead to uh, higher levels of engagement within the classroom. Now I, I think this is important because when we talk about technology a lot of times from an, an administrator's perspective the question is going to be well can this lead to higher levels of achievement and we know in Ontario Canada in education today uh, it seems to be driven by accountability and efficiency so 
when I think of education and, and the school bus uh, that's being driven, uh, I, I unfortunately see accountability and efficiency in the driver's seat. And uh, what that means for me sometimes is that levels of engagement and, uh, and, uh, and, and learning, um, they're sometimes uh, pushed to the back. So uh, opportunities for kids to have choice and inquiry-based learning and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and maybe what I'll call the X factor and, and the fun factor get pushed aside. Um, due to very rigid curriculum expectations and uh, the daunting tasks that many educators have with trying to get it all done in short periods of time. Uh, maybe more about that in, in later episodes, but I think this, this notion of putting the, the T before the P is an important one because um, Karen Cater, in, in her article uh, in Educational Leadership for, for this month, does, a, does address that. And uh, I'll just share some of, some of what, uh, what, uh, what Cater suggests in her article. She does talk a lot about the need for engagement in classrooms today. And uh, I tend to agree with Cater in that technology, I do believe, has an important role to, to play in terms of enhancing the level of engagement in, in terms of a classroom. Now, again, Cater, I think, was, was wise to use the term engagement versus achievement. Um, uh, but again, research, I think, uh, hopefully uh, future research will, will maybe look at trying to co correlate levels of engagement with with uh, levels of achievement but right now I, I tend to prefer level of engagement and I noticed that in, in Cater's uh, article as well she spoke about engagement and uh, and technology having that ability to perhaps do that uh, she also highlighted the fact that technology enhanced learning environments uh, and technology itself does have the potential to offer higher levels of uh, uh, personalization is the term that she used. Uh, I think kind of embedded within her notion of personalization, I would tend to equate with inquiry-based learning uh, in that uh, technology would allow and can allow opportunities for students to have some choice and some flexibility in terms of the learning environment. Cater talks a lot about that in, in her article and in some of her proposals for technology-enhanced learning environments. Um, the one, uh, we'll call it kind of controversial, or uh, uh, one statement that, that Cater makes is that she believes that students must have a digital device with them in class. And uh, again, I think Cater was uh, was uh, very uh, wise to use a digital device and and uh, she goes on to talk about in her article that that part of being a literate um, in the 21st century a technology literate society is the ability to make careful decisions about the technologies that we choose for teaching environments and their use and uh, again we know today that the times that the purchase of technology they can become obsolete within months and and cater does recognize this point um, in in her article but I think underlying uh, some of what cater talks about is coming back to Lynn's notion of techno lust in that cater suggests that we need to be making informed decisions about the types of technologies that we are we are purchasing for schools and a lot of times uh, in all fairness to schools maybe uh, due to tight time frames and, and, and budget uh, constraints. Um, decisions are made about technologies before the technologies um, have had, a, anyone's had an opportunity to do any type of a pedagogical investigation about why should we use these? Can they actually enhance the, the levels of engagement within the classroom? Now recently I had a, a great opportunity to work with a school and uh, uh, was able to conduct an action research project looking at smart clickers 
um, and uh, in the classroom. And uh, this particular school that I was working with uh, give them full credit because the administrator wanted to conduct a pedagogical investigation and exploration prior to the purchase of the devices. Now we were able to secure uh, a number of sets of these devices and I was able to collaboratively work with a number of teachers and uh, and basically look at these devices and, and share, collaborate and, and talk about how these devices could be used within a classroom. Now based on this, uh, uh, this month-long exploration or pedagogical investigation if you will, uh, we could make some recommendations uh, to the administrator about whether the teachers uh, that were using these felt they could have an impact and that these devices could lead to a, a higher level of, of engagement. Now these are the types of investigations that Lynn talks about are necessary uh, and I think also in this uh, particular article by Cater she also notes these are the types of uh, pedagogical uh, explorations um, that, that need to happen when it comes to making literate decisions about uh, what technologies we should be bringing into classrooms. Now, uh, talking to many principals uh, today, given the, uh, the tremendous uh, levels of accountability and efficient efficiency and, and tight uh, budget lines and, and uh, uh, tight time frames for spending money, many times these types of technologies are purchased without that happening. Um, oftentimes, uh, Professor Ken Waller, myself, who, uh, who is a colleague of mine here at Nipissing University, we have found over, over the years that many of our pre-service teachers, when they come back from their teaching experience, often report that smart boards are used as whiteboards and smart boards uh, basically uh, need to be dusted off because they're in the closets and and uh, we are pleased on one on one hand that many of our Nipissing students essentially become the, the leaders that, that do dust them off and uh, are able to provide some level of support and uh, and uh, training around the, the the proper use and effective use of these technologies but uh, I think it's disheartening that these stories uh, still today um, are, are way too many and uh, I guess on, on another note it seems to me that many of the barriers that have impeded the effective uh, uh, integration of technology that were in existence 10 years ago when I was uh, uh, was was teaching in in a regular classroom environment and not now at the university, they seem to still be in existence today, and and that I find um, uh, concerning. And uh, I'm very curious as to why those barriers still do exist today. I have some suspicions about about why they do, um, and uh, it's an area that I'm going to continue to investigate. Uh, however, uh, when it comes to putting the, uh, the T before the P, uh, this notion, I think, again, that Lynn suggests and Cater suggests in, in her article is one that principals and teachers, uh, I think, today really need to, to be cognizant of. And uh, even if it's uh, not necessarily having the opportunity to spend an entire month uh, and conducting an action research, project on a particular technology uh, to at least uh, have a team of professionals that investigates uh, a technology prior to its purchase uh, and also I would argue that uh, I think that vendors should be made accountable today as well in that when a principal or a school is looking at a technology oftentimes uh, I use a term in one of my uh, my papers and in, in call it the bells and whistles approach where a vendor will essentially come into a school and they will sell the bells and whistles of the product but very little about the pedagogy behind it and how it can enhance learning and uh, and teaching effectiveness so I think by maybe placing a little 
little bit more pressure on vendors to provide some of these deeper um, conversations and explorations about the technologies they're attempting to sell. That's certainly one thing that we can do, uh, I think, as educators to, to try to uh, begin this, this process of, of learning more about uh, the engagement factor that a technology can bring to a learning environment. Uh, anyways, I'm just going to uh, like to read a little something from you. This was a, an interesting quote that Cater shares. Uh, she suggests that when you add new technologies, whether it's a printing press or a pencil, a computer, uh, something is amplified and something is reduced. And part of being literate today is being able to make careful decisions about technologies and their use. And I think that uh, that kind of summarizes well a little bit about what I've been talking about here and uh, and one of the concepts that Lynn talks about in terms of techno lust. So I think that I would uh, I would be uh, challenging uh, administrators and teachers today to consider this uh, this notion by Cater and uh, Lynn and uh, my uh, my term putting the uh, the T before the P. Uh, I think that's something that really can bring some added uh, um, value to to making decisions about uh, what technologies we embrace for our students. That combined with uh, being aware of the distinction between uh, providing levels of engagement and levels of achievement, those are a couple of things that, uh, that I'm struggling right now in terms of my reading and writing and a couple of the ideas that I hope uh, you will find useful. I hope you will join me for part two of Teaching Screenagers. Uh, in our next episode, I'm going to have a special guest where we'll talk about uh, some other information found in this Educational Leadership Journal, the February 2011 edition. And one article in particular is entitled, Too Dumb for Complex Texts, and the other, Publishers, Participants All. Uh, we'll talk with uh, my uh, colleague uh, about some of these issues and uh, what types of skills teenagers or screenagers require in the 21st century. Hope you can join me. I would just like to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning into this podcast. Uh, please be sure to look for upcoming editions and please be advised that this particular podcast is protected by copyright laws.